right, folks, we're back again with another episode of the Nitro Performance Guide. And guess who we have with us today, folks? We have our co-host. He's back. He's done running from me. He's done. Darren Williams Jr., he's back. He's back, folks. We missed him. But he was actually there this weekend, folks, at Sonoma Raceway. Welcome back. Hey, man. I'm glad to be back. I know it's been a long time, but uh, happy to be back on the, the Nitro Performance Guide. Really cool. Really cool. Excited to break down this race. I'll tell you what, Sonoma was amazing. I mean, I'll tell you what, Sonoma was probably one of the best races of the season. We had great weather. We had a great racetrack. We saw some great performances. We saw some great side-by-side racing. I mean, like I said, Sonoma lived up to the lived up to the hype, and we saw some great racing out of the Sonoma Nationals, and I'm ready to break it down. Yes, sir. Without any further ado, we're going to get right into it. We're going to start with Funny Car, Nitro Funny Car. So the way I'm doing it now, folks, is we're not just we're not going to go into qualifying and break down each run. But I got the sheet here, and I'm just looking at some things here, just a couple things that I noticed. From 7 and 8, we got 800s. Tim Wilkerson is number 7, and he's 800s quicker than Paul Lee, who's number 8. 3.980 to a 3.903. So just that, I thought that was an interesting spread. And you don't really see those things until you like print out the sheet. Um, but on qualifying, we, we, we had some interesting weather. It was, it was cool pretty much all weekend. I mean, the, the previous weekend, you know, where we, we were in Denver, we were just basically trying to squeak the things down the racetrack. We didn't have that this weekend. <laughs> you throw the kitchen sink at it if you got a kitchen sink. If not, you better go get one. So I just put some things that I saw from that Friday night session um, 389 for Blake Alexander but that's no surprise we know that car can run 380s um, so again always a car that we got to put in the conversation and then that Tim Wilkerson car three point this is in order by the way guys so Alexander showed him the way on Friday night then Tim Wilkerson comes back with a 3.903 then Cruz Pedragon in the next pair 3900 3.900 then Alexis DeJoria, 3.867. She was number one until Ron Caps rolled his uh, to the starting line, 3.846. And then Robert Hyde broke everybody's back with that 3.825. Folks, we haven't seen numbers like this since the, the sacred laid-back header era. Uh, I always say I'm glad I was able to witness that because we're never going to see that again. <laughs> and they even asked uh, Jimmy Proc. They said, well, when do you think, uh, I, I don't I remember what I, um, I think one of the reporters asked him about the 340 run. And he said, oh, yeah, we're not going to see that anytime soon. <laughs> what do you got? Was that, was that 382? It's low ET of the season, correct? And that's low ET yeah. since, uh, since like 2019, I believe. I mean, because remember, yeah. last year, low ET was Ron Capp's 383. So this 382 is like the first, like, this is low ET since like a couple of years. Exactly. Exactly. So, and I did something, folks. So, speaking of that layback header era, and just so, you, just if you, just real quick on what that was. Basically, the NHRA didn't have a specific rule on how um, how laid back the headers could be, and so a lot of the guys were <laughs> really, really using that thrust coming out of the the uh, those eight pipes. And I mean, funny cars were doing wheelies at half track. I mean, it was it was an amazing time. We'll have to break that down just to go back and check out the the layback header era. But I did real something. Real quick though, real quick though, DJ, you mentioned layback headers. Do you know where that actually kind of started when that whole type of evolution started? Uh, it, it's not new. It's not a new thing. I know that. 
but I'm saying, do you know where it started though? When it would actually happen, like when the first race where everybody was like, not the probably not the first race, but the first race when they kind of like, oh, that's what they're doing. You know what? You know what that was? No. Sonoma 2015 with Jack Beckman with Jimmy Proctor. Jack Beckman. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, Sonoma I thought that. 2015. That's where it all started. Sonoma 2015. Jack Beckman so was kind I, of yeah. It's kind of funny how it, how it comes close uh, full circle uh, seven years later. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. Jack Beckman was the first, and lo and behold, his crew chief <laughs> Jimmy Proc uh, was the was the first one to do that. But I put those I put these runs side by side because uh, obviously NHRA has mandated that the headers can be no no uh, less than forty degrees. Um, so I, I did a side by side with that with that run. So Robert Height on that record run 3.807 at 339.87 miles per hour versus the 3.825 at 332.75 miles per hour let me just look at some of the incrementals here so if this was a race uh 2022 robert would have treated him because he was an 89 to a, a 128 uh, 0, uh 0.850 so robert this year was actually quicker than he was on that pass. Um, looking at the uh, 330, 220 with the two on the end, 220 with a five on the end. So again, Robert this year was quicker than that run. Now this is where it starts to get interesting, <laughs> where we start to talk about those back end race cars. 3.087, 292.27 miles per hour in 2017 and this year it was 3.097 at 288.21 miles per hour so not too far off and then uh as we said earlier the 382 to the 380 332 to the 339 i mean that's unbelievable just to still even get close to that uh it's it's incredible that run was i don't think anybody really expected that run What, what was it like on the ground Oh, man, it was amazing. So first off, Friday night under the lights, the sunset is beautiful. And I knew Robert Height and Matt Hagen, because there was a lot, their last pair of that session, I knew they were about to come up there and rock the house. And lo and behold, you know, Matt Hagen went up there and shook. He spun the tires about half track. But uh, Robert Height had to, had, to, uh, had the candles lit all the way straight through. And when I saw that 382 come up on the board, I was like, Jimmy Rock was getting it. He was getting it. And I was like I said, <laughs> lowly tee of the season so far. So uh, like we've seen so far, I mean, Robert Height, five wins so far this season. Um a uh, pole here in Sonoma. Jimmy Proc has a handle on this race car. They have set themselves apart as the top car in this funny car so far here this season. For sure, for sure. Uh, let's talk about a couple other interesting things to note uh, on the qualifying sheet, and we'll we'll get into race day. We won't get too far into it. How about John Force, number 15 qualifier? More qualifiers that are down there on the bottom half of the field. Jim Campbell, J.R. Todd, Matt Hagen. So these are some people that you usually don't see down there. Jim Campbell is you, yeah, he's usually eight or nine, a uh, little uh, in the middle of the pack, usually down there because he runs those four O's or the high three nineties. Uh, but Jr. Todd, Matt Hagen, and John Forrest on the bottom half of the field. But we know that don't really mean anything on race day. We're gonna continue. And I just want to we'll come back to that. Go ahead. Go ahead. Real quick, I just want to say, you know, in our group chat, I did pick John Forrest to win the race, and as we'll see in just a little bit as we break this down. Uh, John Forrest wasn't a bad pick, so we'll get no, into it. No, he wasn't. No, he was not. He was not a bad pick. And 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 when you said that, some kind of tingled in me, and I'm like, oh yeah, John Forrest. 
I mean, it doesn't really matter where the guy qualifies. As long as he's in the 16-car field, the guy can win. And we all know that. We've seen it. We've been watching it for a lot of years. Um, but we're going to move on to top field. Go ahead. So here goes our, our usual John Force stat of the week. So coming oh, into yes. this race, although although John Force was not qualified on the 16th position, he qualified 15th. But every time John Force qualified 16th in his career, he always won that first-round matchup. The only time he did not win, the only time he did not win was this year in Pomona. We lost to Ron Caps in the first round of Pomona when he qualified 16. So there you go. Our but John usually, Force pack of the week. When John Force qualifies at the bottom half of the field or like 15, 16, he usually goes rounds. He's not going out first round at least. Yeah, and we'll get we'll get more into it. But even the reporters had 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 reported on how John was just different this weekend. He wasn't that ah that crazy John Force or the funny John Force. He was the focused John Force, and usually. That's not good for the rest of the pack, but we'll get back into that. Let's talk about top fuel. How about Leah Pruitt getting the pole 3.689, 327 with that beautiful uh, race routine foundation paint scheme on that car. Great foundation. They do great things uh, for people battling addiction, uh, addiction, but man, that was a nice looking car. And she got down there uh, and I don't think anybody expected that she would be number one after, you know, that flavor pack car went down the racetrack. But, you know, those are grubby conditions. But, again, it's hard. It's hard. We got we to gotta make sure we apply the power correctly and the correct way. All right, we can't do this all night. Let's go. <laughs> I, just, I just want to say something. I know you always got something to say. What is it? So, on that Leah Pruitt uh, number one qualifying run on Friday night, she actually said, and she said, you don't know if you can see it on camera, but she said she actually went into a wheel stand at about half track, and she was wondering – not well before half track and she was wondering if she should drive through it she was a little hesitant mm. on saying she said this in the media center afterwards she said she went into a little bit of a wheel stand um a little ways down track was wondering if she should stay in it and she ended up staying in it and of course it worked out for her she went number one but yeah she was a little hesitant on if she if she if she's uh staying the gas or not that's interesting well if she wouldn't have well, she would have got out of it guess who would have been number one doug Kalitta. That three sixty nine four three thirty one big speeds Sonoma Raceway produces, I mean it's produced the biggest speed that the sport has ever seen, but it does produce very big speeds, and you're going to see that on race day, folks. It wasn't just struck to qualifying. Uh, Doug Kalita, Mike Salinas, uh, what Leah Pruitt, Doug Kalita, and Mike Salinas were the only three cars that were in the sixties during qualifying. Everybody else were making really good low 70 runs, uh, just consistent, consistent low 70 runs. Uh, but we're still seeing those 330s. How about Antron Brown, 3.752? Uh, no, 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 no. Wait. Yeah, 3.755. I'm sorry, a, a position down. Still going 330 miles per hour. So, like, the speed is out there. Uh, but it's all just about how, you know, we're applying the power and how quickly we get the car to the racetrack. Because uh, we know speed and elapsed time are two different things. Uh, speed is how fast you get there. Uh, elapsed time is how quick you get there. And people try to, you know, mix the two. They are not interchangeable at all. Before we go to race day, what you got for top five? Uh, nothing. You, Anybody that you, we need uh, you to tell- watch? You told me you got to speed this up, so I'm I'm, I'm gonna leave it to race day. So we can we can move on. <laughs> you can move on. So for people for people who can't see, obviously this is an audio podcast. So for people you know 
we we actually can see each other. And every time yeah. I have a, I want to say something, I just put a finger up to let CJ know I want to say something <laughs> real quick. I just put my finger. Like, hold on, let's not move on. I gotta say this real quick. I gotta say the one thing real quick. He's amazing. All right. So, but we can't talk about Sonoma without mentioning Denver because we didn't do Den- we didn't do a Denver episode. So that would be another episode that we do for a time machine episode. Our most recent winner was Leah Pruitt, and she's the number one qualifier. So everybody's thinking, okay, she, she, she's looking really good. I mean, the car is looking good. It's been, it's turned around a few races ago, and then our last winner was also in in the nitro classes in, in funny car, Robert Hyatt. So both your number one qualifiers are your previous winners from Denver. Mm-hmm. I think that's very interesting, uh, but. And not only are they your previous winners from Denver. But Sonoma, uh, Robert Hyde won this race last year in Sonoma last year, and Leah Pro mm-hmm. got to the final, lost to Steve Torrance in the final. So some yeah. good uh, Sonoma results from last year as well. Yeah, it was a great final in top field. It was very panel to panel. That's what I say now. Yes, sir. Panel to panel. Yes, sir. All right. Let's get into race day. Top. Let's do okay, it. go ahead and do it. You got to do it. You got to do it. You got to do it. You ain't been here. Do it. Top, top fuel eliminator. Fuel eliminator. Yes, sir. Number one round number one okay i'm blind guys i printed this sheet out it is small so <laughs> bear with me here we go we got josh hart and clay milliken josh hart is going to get the win 3.733 328.38 miles per hour next to clay milliken just unfortunate 3.734 by one thousandth of a second he's going home 327.35 miles per hour hey how about what where is it? 22 inches at the other end of the racetrack. Now these cars are 30 feet long, folks. We talk about it every week. These cars are 30 feet long. And you guys know I freak out. Anytime the margin of victory is within that 30 feet. 22 inches, folks. 22 inches. Austin Proc and Brittany Force. Nobody wants to see that. Nobody wants to pair up next to their teammate in round one. But this is going to be the start of the acceleration <laughs> clinic clinic i'll call it a clinic david grubnick max savage and britney force that flavor pack monster energy car put on a clinic folks 336.07 miles per hour oh let's not forget the time 3.662 at 336.07 miles per hour how about 295 at the eighth mile 2.945 at the eighth mile hey both cars were going sub three seconds to the eighth mile though how about that 822 60 foot for britney force (laughs) this is race day this is race day folks we didn't do red weather conditions it's 59 degrees (laughs) it is 59 degrees how about the track temperature is 92 degrees it was fast yeah that's what they say. Ninety two. Really? Degrees. Yeah. No, I'm saying the air the air temperature is fifty really? It felt hotter than fifty nine when I was there. Yeah, it says really? fifty nine. Wow. Yeah, that's well maybe, maybe it's the the humidity was eighty percent. That could be why, maybe. Yeah. I mean, cause it, they still was a ten thirty start and the marine layers start to burn off at around about ten. About ten AM, that's when the marine layers start to burn off and the sun sure. was completely out once first round started. It did not feel hmm. like fifty nine. That's crazy. Mm, it might have been. I honestly I I'm at the track so I don't really know what the air temperature was but um yeah, yeah it, felt, it felt higher than 59 just just want to throw that out there that's interesting no d- do that do that so uh 
Austin Prop, in the interest of fair reporting, 3.743, 321. Not a bad run, but he wasn't even in the ballpark. He wasn't even in the ballpark. He wasn't even in the frame, folks. Like, it, it was, I mean, he wasn't any, even in the frame. You, you look at it and you go, what's wrong with it? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I love saying that. <laughs> AR, good old AR. We're going to move on. Doug Kalitta and Ron August Jr. How about Doug Kalita's going to get a win? 3.719, in a winning effort. 295 to the eighth mile. Look at this huge speed to the eighth mile. Austin Proc in a losing effort. 289 to the eighth mile. Josh Hart, 292 to the eighth mile. Clay Milliken, he's the slowest so far. 287, slowest so far. 287 to the eighth mile. Moving on, we got Leah Pruitt and Jim Maroney. Two three point seven two nine a winning effort for Leah Pruitt three twenty eight eighty six two ninety six to the eighth mile man I tell you what they're getting these cars moving they are getting them moving two point nine nine eight not as quick as some of the other folks uh, Brittany is still in the lead at, at at eighth mile by a long shot then we got Mike Salinas and Cam hold Ferrey. on hold on TJ hold on TJ before we move what? on you gotta. Jim Rowley lit it up in that first round matchup against Leah Pruitt. I mean, he lit it up. He was on fire in that first round matchup. Yeah. I'm just gonna throw it out there. <laughs> he was on fire. He was on fire, but I don't think it would have mattered with uh, Leah Pruitt going three point seven two at nine. But yeah, he did light it up pretty good, and that's not good for those small teams, you know. Uh, go ahead. So, question for the fans who's tuning in right now. Well, I mean, since this is delayed, I don't know if, you know, can they comment on this? No. I wanted to ask a question, a trivia question. Well, I'm going to just throw it out there, and then somebody can message you or something like that if they know. Who was the first top field driver to go sub three seconds to the eighth mile? Oh, you said this on the show. All they got to do is go back and listen. You said it. Oh, I've said this. I've said it before on the you show. You said before. this on the show. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, never mind then. Well, if you know the answer, <laughs> well, still, if you know the answer, throw it out there. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Okay. So not well, not all. Did I did I say the year though? Yeah, you said everything. Oh, damn. oh okay. Never yeah, mind. You are, Never mind. Look, now. Okay, guys, okay. you can't see him right now. He was so disappointed just now. <laughs> yeah, you already gave us that, but it's no. Okay, it's, it's cool. Gotcha. It's cool. Well, it's cool. anyway, I'll say it again. Gary Selzy, nineteen ninety nine, Houston, a four forty eight, four forty eight flat against Tony Schumacher. Tony Schumacher, if he would have won that round, would have clinched the championship. But unfortunately, he smoked the tires. Gary Selzy kept the championship hopes alive, set the national record 448, um, sub 368 miles, kept his championship hopes alive. But in the end, it didn't matter because Tony Schumacher ended up winning the championship. So, but there you go. That's, that's, that's. And a it, fact. But in the interest of fair reporting, it didn't happen again until 12 years later in 2011 when Del Fortune was sub 368 mile in Reading 2011, but lost to the on the whole shot. I think that's yeah. the one you said. I think you said Dale Worsham. I don't think you said Gary Selzy. Anyway, we're yeah, going. So Gary, we're not. We're Gary not going to get bogged down. And then, Dale and then, uh, Dale Worsham was second. I think you said that. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't. Yeah. I have to go back and listen now. Okay, Mike Salinas did not have a competitor in the other lane because Cam Ferrey was not able to make the call. He had a lot of help uh, from a lot of teams, but they just weren't able to make the call. So it's always good to see Cam Ferrey. Everybody knows that listens to this podcast. No, I really like Cam Ferrey for the sport. I just like him. He's a good guy. Uh, 3.709, 3.23 um, for Mike Salinas. He's going to get the win. Oh, by the way, I just think this is funny. I'll stop. We'll stop, and then we're going to literally go. But 
Mike Salinas had green on his card this weekend. It really tripped me up <laughs> because it looked like Josh Hart was coming up twice. <laughs> and I was really confused. I'm like, okay, all right, that's not Josh Hart. This Mike, okay, it's Mike Salinas because you see the scrappers there. I'm like, okay, okay, got you. No, and I'm not the only one that thought that <laughs> in the group chat. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I, I would even, I didn't even put that two and two together. That's funny. I didn't put two yeah. and two together. Because, you know, the only okay. green top fuel car we have is Josh Hart. So whenever yeah. you see a green top fuel car, it's like, just like when Leah rolled her car up this weekend, I'm like, is that the flavor pack car? Like, <laughs> why is she coming up so early? It's crazy. You, you, We get used to these guys and with the paint that they have on, and then when they change it on us, because they do, and I really do like that. This is a good talking point. I really do like that we're starting to be like kind of like NASCAR, where you don't have to have a, a one sponsor all year. You can have five five sponsor or, or you can have a sponsor okay we'll sponsor five races you'll wear it here here and here and here and i think that really is more cost effective for the sponsors too because we don't have to support you for 22 races we we might only have to do it for 10 and then somebody else is going to do it and you know i really like it and i think you know i like it. no i i just i disagree and the only reason why i disagree is because with nascar and even in X-ray back today, when you when you change your paint scheme so many times, when you actually come out with a special paint scheme, say like when you go to the U.S. Nationals or Las Vegas, it's not that big of a deal anymore. You think about mm-hmm. it for NASCAR, it's like they have so many different paint schemes now. It's like when they actually bring out a special paint scheme for a big race, it's like, well, you have a different paint scheme every week. That's just how I look at it. You know, I'm cool. I'm cool with you having the same paint scheme every every race. And then, remember back in the day, teams used to change their paint scheme for the U.S. Nationals. Yeah. They used to change their paint scheme for Las Vegas because it's that big special race. They don't really do that anymore. But I just feel like if they did, well, at the end of the day, it wouldn't matter because it's like, well, we sell these paint schemes all the time now. You know, that's not. not that's well, not I, I, no, I feel that. I feel that. Uh, but I think that was a different time, and it was not a, as expensive to run these cars. And you know, True. business True. had not happened the way it's happening now. So I, I think it's more cost effective for that, but I definitely agree from the fan point of view. I, we always used to look forward to, you know, the indie, like, oh, who's going to have a new paint scheme? Because they would always do it. And now that they, they, they've kind of gotten away from that over the years. Uh, but, you know, I, I know I definitely under, I agree with that, too. But it's cool. It's cool. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Uh, it's just change, you know, change. Where am I, where am I at, folks? Where am I? Okay, Justin Ashley and Alex Laughlin. Always good to see Alex Laughlin. Hey, how about Scott Palmer had both top fuel cars out there this weekend? That's pretty mm-hmm. cool. Uh, Alex Laughlin, uh, 3.803, 3.15. That's kind of where that car lives. They don't really run that car as hard as they could. Uh, and then, But uh, Justin Ashley is going to get the win, 3.752, 3.23 uh, in a winning effort. 2.93, 2.82 at the eighth mile. Uh, Mike Salinas going back 290 at the eighth mile. These eighth mile speeds are massive. I can't wait to look at Funny Car. Steve Torrance and Tony Schumacher. Is this a first round? This is a first round. Tony Schumacher and Steve Torrance in the first round. But how about Steve Torrance going to be inducted into the Cool Kid Club? 3.687, 325, 37. Now look at that, folks. Now listen to what I just said. 3.687 at 325 only. 325 right that's a huge speed so take that with a grain of salt but drag racing people know what i mean only 325 there's a different there's different ways to run these cars you could get the same result you don't have that big old speed coming out the back end i mean Brittany, 336 and she's in the same ballpark i mean we can even go back to leah 
I think she was uh no three twenty seven. She wasn't over three twenty or three thirty. So same same ballpark, same like neighborhood, but not the same speed. So I think that's always interesting. And then the last pair, we got Antron Brown and Sean Lang. Another final round matchup in the first round. 3.763 to a 3.743, 326 to a 324. Sean Langdon is moving on. So both Kalitikars move on from the first round. First race this season that's happened. That's pretty cool. Uh, we said it on your show, and, and D. Bland, shout out to D. Bland. He said, I don't think we should get too excited yet. So I feel that. I understand. We're not going to write him the championship check just yet. But that's the first time that's happened this year. Uh, so moving on to Nitro Funny Car, we got Bob Task of the third and Jason Rupert. Love when the nostalgia guys come out to race in the big show. We got Bob Tasker. He's going to get the win. 387.5, miles per hour. Let me just say, folks, because it's no secret. It's Wednesday. Everybody knows who won. Bob Tasker III has the world's fastest bracket car right now. <laughs> 387 in the first round. But you're going to see we're not going to get stuck on a tape recorder. He's going to repeat that. But I'm getting ahead of myself. He's going to win the round. 283 at the eighth mile, 265 for Jason Rupert. Again, always good to see them out. In the interest of fair reporting, it was a 409 for those keeping track at home, like AR says. We got Alexis DeJoya and Terry Haddock. Always good to see Terry Haddock out there. But he ain't got nothing for Alexis. 3.05 or 3.905 at 328.78 miles per hour. The GR Super is going on to the next round. We got Robert Height, number one qualifier, and Jeff Deal, number 16 qualifier. Robert got away with it. He didn't win this round. <laughs> he got away with this round. 402-1-260, and Jeff Deal, 662, 104 miles per hour. He ran into some problems. Robert, Man, I tell you what, he started skating around down there at, shortly after half track. Let me see, when did these problems happen for him? He was 265 at the half track. That is not a Robert Height half track speed. So he was definitely in trouble before that. Probably around 500 feet is when he started to get into trouble and the tires got loose. Next, we got the GOAT, John Forrest and Ron Caps. The only two that have matched up more than these two. On the far on, on the starting line in a funny car is John Forrest and Cruz Pedregon. So it's always good to see when these two line up. I hope, I'm gonna tell you this. I'm gonna tell you this, Darren. When I was watching this on the TV on on, on the NHRA TV, the way they have the camera, I did not know John Forrest won. I did not know he won. He literally squeaked out. It, it was just a squeaker. It was a squeaker. How about both cars? Both cars, 330 miles per hour. Both cars. Let, let's talk about the numbers. 3.892, 332 for John Forrest in a winning effort to Ron Caps 3.920, 330.96 miles per hour. There's that speed again. 283 in both lanes at half track. How about that? 888 for Ron Caps, 852 at 60 for John Forrest. I mean... We knew this was going to be a titanic matchup. What did it look like from the stands? Because I that was a close drag race. I'll tell you what, man. All we can say at this point is John Forrest is superhuman. 
I'll yeah. tell you, when they both came, when when both those cars came up to the line, the whole crowd at Sonoma stood to their feet. Like everybody was on their feet. So I, I'll take that back. So when they came off of the burnouts, you could just feel like the intensity, right? You could just feel it. Like this is a big, this is a big matchup. John Forrest, Ron Caps, many times they raced over years. But when they start putting those cars in the beams and they were getting ready to go, the whole crowd stood up. Like at, like at one time, like it was so cool to see. That's like, awesome. Everybody stood up. Everybody stood up. And when they took off, and like you said, I could see. So from where I was sitting at, they were like locked head, head to head. Like they were like locked head to head from where, when they passed me. And they went down track. And when John Forrest's one light came on, the crowd erupted. Like you were at a baseball football game, like WWE, WWE, WWE uh, main event. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Pay per view. It was yeah. it was amazing. It was amazing to hear the crowd and and just man, I just the energy from the crowd this whole week was just amazing. I told I said on my show, Pomona needs to take notes because the Sonoma crowd they really came out and they showed out. And so that first round matchup between John Forrest and Ron Cap stole the show in round number one. Outside of Britney's three thirty six, John Forrest Ron Cap stole the show in round number one. And I gotta say, John Forrest is just superhuman. That dude, he gets the job done every time. And like I said, I mean yeah. he just has a great track record when qualifying fifteenth or sixteenth. He barely goes out first round when he qualifies that low. And so. I mean, Danny Hood, got to get credit to him, too. Like, these are perfect conditions for that team. They run good in cold conditions, and it is made to their favor. They went out there with 89, and uh, only thing that bothers me is that John Forrest went deep, but still was .100 on the reaction time. That's the only thing that bothers me. Um, yeah, he's he mentioned that. that. He he said that. He said that on the far end of the racetrack. He's like, yeah, these kids are killing me now. I just can't get off the mm-hmm. starting line, and I'm struggling. He admitted that down at the far end of the racetrack. But he yeah. won that five feet. By five feet, I'm telling you what, this is the crazy thing about these cars, folks. When you watch it in live motion, it looks like he barely won. Like, you can't even tell that he won. It still looked like Ron Caps won. John won by five feet. That's just amazing how those cars are moving down there. That it does, Like, if you blink, you're going to miss it. And and mm. it, it's ridiculous. It's I mean, ridiculous. And, and, and you, you mentioned that, and... Like, you know, I love nostalgia racing, right? And there's other there's other great drag racing series out there that produce great racing. But, I mean, at, at the end of the day, people hate on the big show, but <laughs> hands down, the big show puts on the best type of racing, side-by-side racing at, at 330 miles per hour. I mean, there's yeah. no other racing series out there where you're going to get side-by-side, 330 miles per hour racing, uh, shaking the stands, header flames. I mean, it's, I mean, hands down, the big show is still cream of the crop. I mean, I got to yeah, say. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and... and... Sure, we can we can do a little bit. We can do some things different, but I mean, come on, you can't you can't compete with that. It's the big show. It's the pro. It's the league. It's the major league for a reason. I mean, no. I mean, the other the other series, yeah, they shake the stands, but you don't shake the stands like two nitro funny cars going down there. I'm telling you exactly. what, that's exactly yeah, that's a really good point. I'm glad you said that. Um, so moving on, we got Cruz Pedregon and Matt Hagen. I tell you what, that was a nice looking paint job on that Cruz Pedregon Hellcat this weekend. It kind of looked like a uh, kind of looked like a nod to his uh, Toyota, didn't it? Kind of look like a Toyota. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I see you just yeah. That old paint scheme used to have yeah. Yeah, I was how like, about, cool. How about Matt Hagen's diehard uh, bringing back the diehard paint scheme? Yeah, yeah. And and I said in the group chat, and I'm just gonna say it. I don't. I hope Dodge doesn't get mad at me. I just think it looked a lot better on this Hellcat versus the the Charger from back then. It you know, but it brought the Die Hard back. It was cool, uh, and that, well, I, that's just cool to see the uh, the sponsors keeping the relationship after all these years. What you got? In my, in my opinion, I like that Die Hard was back. I didn't like the paint scheme though. Yeah, yeah, 
I didn't. I agree. Like I feel like I feel like his his 2011 the gold the gold um whatever they call it, the gold one he had the black gold one when he won the championship that was my favorite one but the black and blue one was pretty, was pretty cool too. I don't really like yeah. the black and white. Yeah, yeah. And monochrome doesn't work for every every single paint scheme. Like, yeah. every, I think Alexis has has mastered that because hers looks so yes. good. But not every car will look right in monochrome. I'll just say that. It's like black and white <laughs> shoes. Black and white shoes don't look good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's either all white or all black. Kind of like when you mix yeah. them both, it's kind of like Yeah, white like white and black shoes aren't that aren't that appealing to me. That's just my opinion. I'm just saying. I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's not I'm thinking about it. I'm like, yeah. Could, imagine yeah. imagine an all black shoe with a white sole. Yeah, it just mm-hmm. it needs to be either either or. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Either or. Exactly. Oh, we'll have a whole different conversation about shoes. We need to. <laughs> we're getting in some dangerous territory here, but anyway, <laughs> Cruise Pedregon three point nine one one three hundred twenty eight miles per hour thirty seven on the line. Okay, Matt Hagen. He was ready for Matt Hagen. He sat at the other end of the racetrack. Before I say these numbers, this is probably the best crew chief uh, driver combination out there. So they really respect uh, Matt Hagen over there. He said, if if not. They're pretty close. That's what he said, and and I did remember him saying that. If not, they're pretty close, and I that's really good for Cruz Pedregon because you know he stands on his convictions. Which <laughs> go okay, I remember him saying that, and maybe I'm reading too much into it. Do you think that was kind of a shot at Robert Height and Jimmy Proc? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm like, yeah. wow. I mean, I, I mean, there's no. I mean, you can't argue like David Bills and Megan is a great combination. And one it of the is. best out there, but I mean, I think Jimmy Proc and Robert Hyde is right up there with them. And when he said that, I was like, "Is that kind of a shot at at Robert and Jimmy?" Oh, absolutely, know. it absolutely was. And and I heard that, and I was like, "Yeah, I wonder if Darren picked up on that like I did." Because <laughs> yeah, I said I didn't. We didn't say anything on your show. I'm like, we're gonna talk about this on your. And so I'm glad you brought that up. But yeah, yeah, that was a little shade, definitely, one hundred percent. Matt Hagen, three point nine three. Nine three hundred thirty. There it is again. Point two three miles per hour to cruise three twenty eight going through the line. Uh, in the next pair we got uh, Blake Alexander. I can read and Stephen Densham. Four oh eight for Stephen Densham. He's gonna go home and put that car on the trailer. Blake Alexander three point nine seven seven three twenty five. Relatively conservative. Content. Can you know? Considering what everybody else is is doing, but you know they got down the racetrack, no harm, no foul. In the next one, we got Tim Wilkerson and Jr. Todd. Jr. is gonna get the win. He's got zero 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 sixty feet, so obviously that was a malfunction on the timing thing. Another cons- relatively conservative three point nine 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 three twenty four. Again, no harm, no foul. They're moving on to the next round. Tim got into some problems for point seven this was actually a really good run back in the day 477 four (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but not at 60 miles an hour it wasn't and then in the last pair we got jim campbell and paulie how about jim campbell and big jim dunn getting it down there 404 flat with a four on the end 317 he's gonna get the win i love seeing jim campbell win and this is what i said on your show one thing you're going to have to do against Jim Campbell is you're going to have to get your car to the finish line because if yes. you don't, 
he is going to and that's and that's a scary thing for these these independent cars that come out there you don't have to r rotate the earth now i mean okay me and darren line up and he goes out there and runs 362 well whatever but if i go down there and i run 380 and you blow the tires off guess what i guess what i'm going to do the turnaround because i moved on so it's just mm -hmm. one of those things it's kind of like yeah you could get beat but if you don't have that big budget you got to run what you can and just make sure your car gets down there every time i mean that that's mm -hmm. amazing because you we know how hard these cars are to tune and, and tj ahead. and so look at this so remember back in the day for, for, for funny car and top field, but mostly top field, the first pair would always be the eight and nine qualifiers, right? Eight and nine was mm -hmm. always the first pair because everybody else wanted to see what yep. the racetrack was like first, right? Exactly. Well, how about this? In both nitro classes, both your eight and nine pairs were both the last pair of each session. Antron Brown and Sean Langdon were eight and nine qualifiers in top field, last pair. Paul Lee and Jim Campbell, eight and nine qualifiers in funny car, last pair. It just goes to show that with all the technology, technology they have now and then like the, the racetracks, the safety support gives these guys, these guys are, are you know, they're ready to go out and lay down numbers early in the session when it's still cool out and and, and, and try to attack this racetrack the best they can. So it's kind of crazy how the times have changed from 10, 15 years ago, 20, 15, 20 years ago, eight and nine was always the first pair out. But now they're mm -hmm. usually towards the back of the field now. So it's kind of funny. Yeah. And it's and it, he's right, guys. I mean, you could count on it. You it could bet money that eight and nine was going to be the first pair of top fuel cars that would fire up after the national anthem. It that's just how it was. But now, you know, with the fresh track surface, if if I have a choice, no, I want to get out there first. I want to get out there. I want that freshly prepared racetrack. I want it. So and Brittany Force, whenever she qualifies number one or at the top of the pack, she's third pair out all the time. If you notice, David Grubnick and Brittany Force always love to go third. They didn't go third this weekend because they qualified a little lower. But anytime mm -hmm. Brittany Force is qualified number one, if you take a look, she's always third pair out. It never fails. Hmm. Third pair. Okay. Love it. All right, we're back to top fuel, folks. Round two, Leah Pruitt and Sean Langdon. We love when these two line up. They're um, they're not <laughs> sending Christmas cards to each other. Let's just say that. <laughs> 3.734, 330.96 miles per hour to Leah Pruitt's losing 3.758, 323.97 miles per hour. She's going to go home. Let's just, in the interest of fair reporting, it is now 71 degrees air temperature. The relative humidity is 56%. The humidity has gone down a little bit. The air temperature has gone up a little bit. Not a lot of bit, but a little bit. The track temperature is 8 or 118 degrees. All right. And then so we're still seeing 330 coming out. Both of those cars were about it's right at three seconds at the eighth mile. How about both cars were right pretty much at through 290 at the eighth mile, 290.13 uh, for Sean Langdon and then 2.89 or I'm sorry, 289 for Leah. So pretty much 290 miles per hour. In the next one, here we go. The The clinic continues. Brittany Forrest and Steve Torrance. How about this? In the second round, folks, Brittany Forrest, let's talk about it. We're going to talk about it. Everybody knows that's what we're here to talk about. 3.663. So one foul slower than her first round oh by the way folks in the first round she reset the track record leah pruitt was the track record holder until britney force crossed the finish line in the first round in 2022 
she was the track record holder. I just want to make sure I said that. Ho, what speed did she run, folks? 336.49 miles per hour. Let me see. Because we, we, we have the time. We have a little bit of time here. Let me see. Uh, Yeah, that was faster than the first round. <laughs> so that was a little faster than the first round. But the best is yet to come, folks. If you were watching, you know what I'm talking about. 296 at the eighth mile, 2.948. Pretty much tied her, her eighth mile from the from the previous. I mean, just right in the ballpark. I mean, they just rinse and repeat. Just rinse and repeat. It's ridiculous. I love when they pull Grubby aside after they do that. And, you know, everybody's going crazy because, oh, oh, my God, 336. And he's like, yeah, we'll just have to look at it. We'll look at the data and uh, we'll, uh, yeah. We'll see what we can. I'm like, dude, what? That's amazing. <laughs> like, it's amazing. I love David Grubnick. I've loved David Grubnick since he was driving, you know. But like, now that he's tuning this car, he's just so like, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, we'll make sure because David Grubnick doesn't like hurting parts. So anytime the car runs like that, he, I know in his heart, he's like, damn, did I, did I do it? I break something, or did I, did I scuff a piston, or did I do this? He does not like hurting the car. He doesn't really care about the numbers, and that's really what we can, you know, as long as they get the wind light. He doesn't want to hurt the car, and I think that's really that's really cool that 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 about that. So how did that look in, in, in person, that, that 336 miles per hour? Un- incredible. I know the crowd went crazy. I know they did. Well, yeah, so the crowd went crazy, but we forgot to mention – Brittany Forrest double bulb Steve Torrance. <laughs> oh yeah, that was this run. That was this run. And she straight up they, double yeah. bulb though. <laughs> he did. She did. Uh and that was something that AR did mention because he always he always calls out the starting line stuff over the PA. And I love that. Call him out. Uh but no, Brittany doesn't race like that. She doesn't do any of the starting line things that some of the funny car drivers do. But she don't she definitely double bulbed. Steve Torrance, and basically, folks, what that is, is they have two lights. You have a ready and a set, basically, if, if for those of you that used to do foot races. There's a ready bulb that's at the top, and then the set bulb is when the, the circle gets full, and then the ambers will come down, green light, noise. But basically, the guys will go in, or guys and girls will go in, and they'll pre-stage, and that's basically, okay, Darren's ready, I'm ready. And then whenever he's ready, we're going to see now who's going to go first. Okay, well, I'll go in. I don't care. So I'm going to go in, and then he'll go in, and then now the tree can start, and now the race can start. Basically, when somebody double bubs, they go in pre-stage and stage, or ready and set. And it kind of throws off the other driver, but it kind of threw her off because her light. 129, that's that's uncharacteristic of a Britney Force. Even when she was struggling on the tree, she was never that bad. So it kind of threw both drivers off, and that kind of led me to believe that it was accidental. But, yes, I did forget that. <laughs> Thank you, Darren, because <laughs> we can't was, forget that. What's funny, too, is so in the in the post-race media press conference after Britney's win, because obviously it's Wednesday. We all know Britney Force won the race. But right. in, her, in her media press conference afterwards, I asked her, like, hey, so – Hope I'm not reading too much into it, but did you mean to to uh, put on both the bulbs right away against Steve Torrance? She was like, <laughs> she started laughing. She was like, I don't know if I can tell you that. And she was like, so I don't. Make, was it an accident or what? Did she? I, we don't know. But okay. I think, but like, 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 like we came to. I think, I think it was an accident because you could tell from the light. One twenty nine, probably was yeah. an accident. 
Yeah, but we'll have to we'll have to see. That was that was cool. Kind of give us something to think about <laughs> in the next pair. I mean, they are they are they are rivals. I mean, they, they are, are they are the number one and two finishers. Yeah, they are. And, and she won that is, race by eight feet, by the way, like, folks. Just. Uh, You good? Hey, can you see me? Yeah, it's it's frozen. What well, I, I obviously cut this part out, but yeah, <laughs> I was like, you're good. I can still hear you, but you're like, but, but it doesn't matter. I don't need to see you as long as I oh, can, okay. As long as I can hear you. Anyway, we got Mike yeah. Salinas. Can you see me now, though. Yeah, I can see you. You're moving. You're moving normally now. You got Mike all Salinas. Right, st- say, all right, say that over again. Um, I'm sorry. It's a delay. Keep go, go. Go. <laughs> this is funny. We're gonna do an outtake episode one day. But anyway, uh Mike Salinas and Justin Ashley. Mike Salinas is gonna get the win. 3.701 and 334.98 miles per hour. 292 miles per hour at the eighth mile, 2.978 at the eighth mile, 835 for Mike Salinas. How about 821 to 822 in the previous pair? Brittany Force and Steve Torrance. You could have thrown a blanket over him, folks. You could have thrown a blanket over him. Mike Salinas is going to get the win over Justin Ashley. Justin's going to get into some trouble and cross the line at just a 3.937 at 246 miles per hour. In the, in the final pair, I'm keeping that in, we got Doug Kalitta and Josh Hart. Doug Kalitta. It's going to get the win. How about 3.9? I'm sorry, 3.728 at 332.02 miles per hour to Josh Hart's 3.781 at 326 miles per hour. Both of them were about 290 at the eighth mile, 291 for Doug Kalitta, 289 for Josh Hart. Both of them were above three seconds, just above three seconds. Doug Kalitta was basically three seconds flat at the eighth mile. Josh Hart was just a little far farther behind him, but basically three seconds flat the eighth mile. 835 at 60 for Doug Kalitta. Uh On the tree, uh, baby hall shot for Josh Hart, but he's not going to get to celebrate that hole shot because he's going home. But how about Doug Kalitta's first semifinal? And that's when this cryptic comment from Alan Johnson came up. Uh, he said, we get to race our old car. Okay. Now, here's why that's interesting and a little cryptic, folks. He's raced his old car a few times this year. Yeah, this is the first semifinal. I get that. That's wonderful for that team. That's great. We all want to see the Mac Tools car do well. But, again, this matchup has happened a few times this year. So, again, a, a few cryptic comments made this weekend. We're going to give Darren a, 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 a say on that, and then we're going to go to Funny Car, semifinal or t- second round. What did you think about that Alan Johnson comment? Man, when he said that, I was like, so I'm I'm sitting at the t- top end. So, obviously, I'm doing media, right? But at the same time, I'm still, like, I'm still a fan. Right, and so I want to go in the stands and sit in the stands like a fan and and watch some great drag racing. So I'm in the stands, and I forget. I think after the run, I got on my phone and was like reading something. I think I was like, I'll take notes for the show actually. So as I'm watching the race, I'm taking notes on my phone for the show, 
And Alan mm-hmm. Johnson, they interviewed Alan Johnson with Starting Line, and I overhear him say, you ever get the rest of the old car? And I look up, I'm like, wow, did he really just say that? I was like, that was a little, he said a little cryptic. So as you can tell, this semifinal matchup meant a lot to these two drivers. Maybe not so much for Doug Coletta, because, you know, he's just a driver. But for Mike Salinas right. and for Alan Johnson, this is huge. They want to beat each other. So I cannot wait to break it down coming up in just a little bit. We're going to talk about it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, yes. In Funny Car, we got second round. Alexis DeJoya, Cruz Pedregon. Alexis is going to get down there 3.905, 330.80 miles per hour for Alexis DeJoya. So it's something weird happened on the NHRA website, folks. And there is a ad of two funny cars going down the racetrack over some of the incremental numbers. So I can't tell you what she ran at 330 or 60. Uh, I'm going to show Darren because he can see it. Do you see that? <laughs> Do you see this right here? I can't. Like, I, I, I am blind. That. That's fine. That's uh, I showed him, folks. It's okay. He is blind, though. I'm not attacking him. He will be the first to tell you. Look, what does Alan say? I'm not telling you anything. He wouldn't tell you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bob Tasker the third and Blake Alexander. Bob Tasker the third is going to get the win. Three point eight seven five at three hundred twenty nine point nine one miles per hour to a losing Blake Alexander three point nine five two at 325.30 miles per hour. Not a bad run, but when that Motocraft quick lane Shelby Nitro funny car is going 3.875, hold on, right? And Blake was actually first off the line, but that Mike Neff horsepower drove around him. Next, we got John Force and J.R. Todd, two of our favorites here. We love everybody, but these are two of our favorites, admittedly. We got John Forrest, 3.932 at 330.88 miles per hour. By the way, the air temperature is not different than top fuel. It's pretty much the same. Um, And then J.R. Todd, 3.958, 326.16 miles per hour. Now, anytime these two get on the line, I always think back to that that one race. And we all know what that was when Chicago. Yes, yeah, Chicago. And they, they bothered the hell out of JR. What what do you get do you get nervous when J, the, you know and JR was admittedly upset and I understand, like, you know, those we we've talked about the reports. We're not gonna do it tonight, but we've talked about some of the questions that the reporters have been asking the drivers, but they definitely rode him on that one about that. But JR Todd got him off the line sixty one to a sixty seven. Uh, John was indeed 912 at the 60-foot blocks. That's where we are able to tell the story. We can always tell. We can always tell at 60. That's usually where it tells, right there. In the final pair, we got Jim Campbell and Robert Hyde. The clock is going to strike midnight for Mr. Jim Campbell. He's going to go home 399.7, though. He made a full pass, 318. All candles lit. But he's going to go home, Robert Height, 3.943 at 324, just 324 in Jimmy Proc conditions. I was kind of confused by that Robert Height's performance on race day this day. It's kind of like uh, everybody else is out there getting it. And these are like really those kind of conditions where they get it. And I was kind of not disappointed, but I was just a little like, mm, okay, well, he won the race. And just just in the interest of just telling the truth, folks. It doesn't matter what you run on race day, as long as you get that run light. And, you know, if, if we could be a pedal fest, smoke coming out, tires, whatever. As long as I get the win, that's all I care about. But not typical Robert Hyde performance in very typical Jimmy Proc, Robert Hyde throwdown conditions. So I thought that was interesting. 
But we're going to move on to that magical matchup that we just talked about. Before we do that, we're going to talk about the numbers. How about number three, number and two, no, if you, number if you five, take a look at... and number nine qualify? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, TJ, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so cut out, cut out, um, cut out the last rubber height thing because I added the lay on my end. Um, so just start from just start from uh, just start from uh, top field semifinals. Okay, so we got top fuel semifinals, folks, and let's talk about number three and number two qualifiers are going to be paired up, and then number five and number nine are going to be paired up. The number five qualifier is Brittany Force, and we know what she did this day, but I just think it's interesting. We got everybody above number 10 in the field here. We got Mike Salinas and Doug Kalitta. This, this, this is the matchup here. So now everybody's waiting to see it. 3.844321 for Mike Salinas, who's going to get the win over Doug Kalitta's uh, 435.4 at 193 miles per hour. So he ran into some issues there. Um, Let's look at the early numbers. It just looks like, let me see, Doug Kalitta was actually quicker to 60 feet. He was quicker to 330 as well. And then the problem set in shortly after that. 3.09 uh, for Mike Salinas. So a relatively conservative run for the semifinals, uh, especially when you you factor what came next. Uh, But what'd you think about that? I think it was kind of anticlimactic, don't you think? (laughs) Wouldn't you say? Nah, it was. It was. And then if you, but if you take a look down track, Mike Salinas puts his arm out of the car, like in, in like celebration, like he's happy Mm -hmm. he won this round. That's a good tale. Like this was a big round for him and, and for actually both both teams and both drivers, but for Mike yeah. Salinas especially, you talk about everything that was on him coming into this year. Like everybody talked about his reaction time and his driving last year. Everybody thought he was gonna fall off when Alan Johnson left coming into this season, and he's shown mm-hmm. no, that's not happened. Him and Rob yeah. Flynn have had a great car all year long, and I'll tell you what, that semifinal matchup against Doug Coletta and his old crew chief Alan Johnson and uh, Brian Houston that was personal. That was personal yeah. right there. You can see it, and you can see it when he won the round. You can see, see him uh, celebrating with his fist off the car. So. Yeah. I always love Mike seeing... Another final round, too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I always love seeing the driver uh, celebrating before they get out of the car, like when they're still in the car, and you can still see them. Because they used to do that a lot back in the day, uh, where they used to be able to get out of the car, and then now NHR doesn't really quite like that, which is not safe, so I understand. But, <laughs> like, anytime we can see that exclamation when they're still in the car and they're coming down the shutdown area, I think that's pretty cool. So yeah, he, oh yeah, that it definitely means something every time they line up, even if it's just qualifying. <laughs> it means something every time they line up. And then the next one, again, folks, I'm gonna get close to the mic. The clinic continues. We got Brittany Force <laughs> and Sean Langdon. How about three point six seven five? Oh, but wait, three hundred thirty-seven. 0.75 miles per hour for the flavor pack monster energy car. Hey, how about 2.959 at the eighth mile? That's the slowest she's been to the eighth mile so far, folks. 295 miles per hour at the eighth mile, folks. How about that? 824 at the 60 foot blocks. 
they are getting this thing moving, moving quickly. 90 on the light to a 56. So Sean, one of the best levers in the sport, got her off the line. I don't think anybody was surprised by that. But Sean Langdon was no slouch. 3.787, 311 miles per hour, 287 at the eighth mile at speed and 3.041 at the eighth mile. But, I mean, I tell you what, that, no match for the Monster Energy Flavor Pack Cornwell Tools entry of Brittany Forrest, Max Savage, David Grubnick. Again, they went to him after it, and he was just like, well, we'll have to go and look at the data. Oh, folks, I forgot to tell you, after they talked to him after the first run, after the first run, he's the, the 366-2, he said, oh, yeah, that was a little quicker than we wanted to run. <laughs> Oh, you trying to run? <laughs> that, it's just, it's, it, what, what were you trying to run? It's it's ridiculous. It's amazing. Um, let me see if they have the uh, the the margin of victory on this one. No, they don't. They don't. I don't think it was close enough. But yeah, Sean Langdon, Brittany Force. That's always a good matchup too. Three hundred thirty. I'm gonna get three hundred thirty-seven point seven five miles per hour. I tell you what, she was moving. Well, we're going to move on to Funny Car. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, we got Nitro Funny Car, folks. We got number three, number 15, number four, and number one qualifier in the semifinals, the final four, as we call it here. We got Lexus DeJoria and John Forrest. How about this? I did, again, another race. I didn't know he won. John Forrest gets the win, 3.909 to 328. 0.38 0.38 miles per hour to Alexis DeJoy's very, very strong 3.933 at 325 miles per hour. Let's see what the difference was, folks. It uh, Alexis got off the line first. Uh, John was quicker to 60 feet. He was quicker to 330. He was quicker to 660. Just more horsepower, more horsepower application. 3.909 um, getting off the line. Again, John will be the first person to tell you that his lights haven't been great. Uh, but he's working on it. And that's, again, I say this all the time. That's what I love about drag racers. One of the things, this is a performance-based sport, and I am a performer, so that's why I gravitated to this sport because you got to bring your stuff every weekend. Like like Alan says, there are no provisional qualifying number. There's no provisional anything. You got to bring your stuff to the racetrack and qualify it. You, you don't get any freebies in NHRA. I love it. So seven feet at the far end of the racetrack. Again, I did not know that she that he won. So, again, just how quickly these cars accelerate from the starting line. But imagine how quickly they're accelerating down there. Like, it did not look like it on the TV. But, like, seven feet, he had it. And, and it's it's always interesting. Like, when you look at it in real time, it looks a lot closer than it is when you know, they show the cars, and then <laughs> it's like daylight. It's like, what? But the cars are moving, like, ridiculous down there. It's ridiculous. So what do you got on that John Force Alexis DeJoria? Did it look closer? Did it look a little more daylighty at the racetrack? I'll tell you what. So all three of John Force's rounds so far today have been super close. You talk about that first-round matchup against Ron Caps. That was probably the closest. Uh, but, man, just another great drag race against John Force and Alexis DeJoria. And John Forrest pulls it out once again, 390 to 328 to Alexis 393 or 325. I mean, you can't ask for a better funny car race than that. And John Forrest wants another final round. Another final. 
another final round when, folks, he did not crest 200 miles per hour in qualifying. Let's just say that they had three shots at it. He did not run faster than 300, or I'm sorry, 200 miles per hour in qualifying. Impressive. So impressive. In the other on the other side of the ladder, we got Bob Tasker the third and Robert Height, number one qualifier and number four qualifier. Bob Tasker is going to get the win. That Motocraft Quick Lane Shelby, it was only a matter of time. Nobody's surprised. It was only a matter of time. 3.907 at 326.87 miles per hour. He's going to get lane choice in the final by two thousandths of a second over his former four teammate, John Forrest. Uh, Robert Height, 3.925, 326.56 miles per hour in a losing effort. How about the margin of victory? Another close drag race. Five feet, folks. Now, these cars are 10 feet long, okay? Now, so anytime we get within a car length of either one of these nitro cars, I, I have a fit because it's ridiculous. These are 12,000 horsepower. I'm going to say it because even the commercial that they play to, you know, buy tickets and stuff, it still says 11,000 horsepower. 12,000 horsepower. Two 12,000 horsepower nitro funny cars. We can get down five feet down there at the other end of the racetrack. Both of them going over 200 or 326. Both of them ran 326 miles per hour. 326.87 for Bob Taskin, 326.56 for uh, Robert Height, the Bobs. Uh, they were pretty even. I mean, how about at half track, 280, 80, uh, 280.89 for uh, Bob Taskin, and then 280.84 for Robert Height. So he was not giving this to, to, to Bob Taskin. He was in it. Uh, but Bob was just a little quicker on every part of the racetrack. What did that one look like? So height wasn't giving it to Tasca, but Tasca made height come to Tasca's level. For sure. Cause I he mean, hasn't been, Tasca he hasn't had the been best. Robert height all day. Exactly. Exactly. And this is big for Tasca. If you think about it, Tasca was pretty much due. You talk about Norwalk and Denver, two consecutive final rounds against Robert height. Robert height won both of them. Tasca finally gets around height here in Sonoma and moves into his third consecutive final round in a row. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we said third time's a charm. Also, we have to we have to mention Joey Gladstone getting his first victory. I know this is a nitro performance guy, but you know, hey, I don't. I, we talk about pro stock here a little bit too. I just don't know as much about those cars, folks. That's me just being honest. I don't know as much about those cars, and that's I like to teach. And I'm not going to teach you something I don't really understand. So we're working on that. But this is nitro performance guy. But I want to give. Big shout out to Joey Gladstone for getting that first victory because it I mean it's kinda in in the uh the realm of what we're gonna talk about here with Bob Tasker getting his victory. Third time's a charm. That was that was the theme here, right? Um mm-hmm. and so who I'm sorry, this sounds terrible. <laughs> but I'm drawing a blank right now. Who's our pro stock winner? It was Erica, correct? Erica Anders. Yes, Erica, Erica Anders. And- that was a rhetorical question. It was Erica Enders. No, I forgot for like two <laughs> seconds, folks. It was uh, Greg Anderson versus Erica Enders, the good old rivalry. We love seeing those two match up. But, yes, Erica Enders does it again, man. I tell you what. Uh, but now we're to the Nitro Finals. Nitro Funny Car. 
got Bob Tasker the third in the left lane and John Force for peak blue death in the right lane. Bob Tasker for Motocraft Quick Lane in the left lane. Bob Tasker, congratulations gonna get the win. Three point nine one one, three hundred twenty five point six one miles per hour. John Force kinda fell off down there at the far end of the racetrack. The car wasn't happy. 3.998 at 3.26. I thought this one would be a lot closer, but it's all right. Uh, Bob Tasca is going to get the win. Uh, 48 off the line. Bob was ready for him. I tell you what, uh, nine, uh, 9.16 at the 60 foot. John was staging with the headers. It's all right. He does what he has to do, uh, but ran into some problems down track, and so the race wasn't as close as we might have thought uh, looking at the earlier numbers. But John's car just didn't move, just didn't move the whole the whole way down the racetrack. It looked just a little slower, just a little sluggish. Um, but it, go ahead, go ahead. No, it did. Like so, task with the starting line advantage. When I was sitting, I was sitting at around three hundred thirty foot mark, probably around mm-hmm. three three hundred three hundred feet out. And when it got yeah. to me, Tasca had a clear advantage, uh. like a clear advantage. And at that point, it was all over. And I'll tell you what. Whenever John Force turned on the wind light yesterday, uh, excuse me, Sunday, the crowd went wild. When Bob Tasker turned on the wind light in the final round, crowd went silent, dead silent when, when uh, Tasker won. So there you go. Tasker gets the win. First win of the year. Third time's a charm. He's been in three consecutive final rounds in a row. First win of the season. Tenth win of his career. And I'll tell you what, you take a look at the points now. Robert Heights in first. Matt Hagen second, 144 points back. We talk about how it's been Robert Height, Matt Hagen all season long. Well, Robert Heights leading the points, and he's starting to pull away. Ron Caps third, John Forrest fourth, Bob Tasker rounds up the top five, Cruz Petragon sixth, Jared Todd seventh, Alexis DeJoria eighth, Tim Wilkerson ninth, and Chad Green in tenth with Jim Campbell out there in 11th, Blake Alexander 12th. Yes, sir. 144 points on the next person. I, I um, You know, we thought there'd be a little bit more parity, but, you know, we're seeing people winning, and so and we're seeing good racing, so I think it's, you know, if at the end of the day we see some of the same funny cars hoisting the Wallys, well, you know, that's just how it is. They they did the work. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. you, you got it to have parity. Everybody else has got to rise to the occasion, and that just not happened. Uh, but that's okay. We're seeing we're still seeing really good drag racing, really good racing over 325 miles an hour. And anytime you put nitro in the tank, anything can happen. So when you get all eight down there singing – you putting the coals to it, and you're able to pull the shoots. It's always, oh, so you take a sigh of relief because you never know with nitro. They always say that. In the final, final, we got top fuel Brittany Force and Mike Salinas. Folks, if you've been listening this long, you know what I'm about to say. The clinic continues. We got Brittany Force and Mike Salinas. 3.709. At 335.48 miles per hour. That was the slowest speed she ran all day, folks. That was the slowest PT and ET that she ran all day. And that's still a bad-ass ET. 3.70, that's a solid run. Uh, That would have qualified her in the top half of the field. You know, and, you know, I think that was... Close to what she ran in in, in qualifying. I'm, I'm flipping now. Here, folks. Hold on. Let me see. 3.75, 3.705. Yeah, so she was just four thousandths of a second off her qualifying effort. But she's going to get the win. Uh, let's look at some of the incrementals. 833 
uh, no, 835 to an 842. So she had a clear advantage from the starting line. Uh, 33, a psychic and top fuel car. You know, when you see those guys get under like 40, you know, some of them can do it, right? 50, 40s, and 30s. Uh, but she was ready. She was ready for him. Uh, at the 330, we got 211.2 to a 211.9. They were neck and neck. At 60, at 660, folks, we got 2.988 to a 2.994. That's when that Mike Salinas vehicle was starting to, you know, Brittany was starting to pull away at that point. uh, 292.71 miles per hour to 287.3 or 23 miles per hour. Mike Salinas, 3.741 at 320 miles per hour. Solid effort for that Scrappers Pep Boys vehicle today, but he's not going to get it done. Brittany Forrest is going to take the win. I mean, you couldn't write, they write stuff like this for Disney movies, folks. I mean, like, literally ran the table all day long i mean it, it, it's not necessarily the case in funny car there was some side-by-side drag racing all day and there was side-by-side drag racing in top fuel too but when britney force got her wins there was daylight <laughs> there was daylight folks that big speed at the bot at the big end of the racetrack they're finally doing what we said they needed to do a couple years ago we said yeah britney force has got the best car in qualifying sure but they've never really cared about that. They've always wanted to have it on race day. And they're finally being dominant like they are in qualifying on race day. And they didn't even have the greatest qualifying effort this weekend. I mean, these are really good conditions, too. And and also something, just backing up, and, and this also applies to this as well, top fuel. But Bob Tasker, he said, you're going to see what we're going to get in the countdown. Because when it gets cool out and we start to see those throwdowns, every every run's a throwdown run, you know. And and I was also saying something too. Uh, we we've not talked about this, but it's pretty crucial at this point of the season because you can. It's still the summertime. That Friday night run is pretty important, but you know, you know that that run is not going to be changed on the next day, pretty much right now. But during the countdown. I mean, if Darren qualifies number one on Friday night, well, I mean, it's going to be cooler tomorrow. So I might be able to, I might be able to beat him. And that usually happens. The number one qualifier changes on the second day in the cooler, cooler conditions. So that's why it's really crucial right now. Uh, and, and I just think, I just think it's impressive. This was one of the, the best top fuel performances I've seen when it comes to like 330, nothing below 330 everybody that i've told about this race i've said she didn't run anything below 330 on race day insane it's insane she was rolling flavor pack monster energy cornwell tools getting it done for chevy not only was she not under 330 miles an hour she was she didn't run under run anything under 335 miles per hour so it goes to that the only way the only way this could have been better is if she would have went three sixties, ran a three sixty in the final round. Oh yeah. You, think, you talk about yeah. so here's a que- here's a question for you. Here's a question for you. Let's go back to quarter mile days. Do you know who was the first guy to run four forties in every round of competition and win the race? Ooh. That's a good question. 
Scott Glenn, give me a international Scott Cl- oh, 2005. Rest in peace, Scott. Rest in peace, Scott. Oh, really? Winter Nationals 2005. Yes. He was the first guy to go 440s in every round of competition and win the race. Yes. And so that leads me Incredible. to this point. The only way the only way this ruin could have been better for Brittany Force is if she would have laid it out with four 360s and eliminations with everything over 330 miles per hour. But still, just what an awesome performance of Brittany Force, David Grunick, Max Savage. Fourth win of the year. Fourth win of the year. The reason why that's big is because she ties Mike Salinas with four wins on the season. That's the most wins in the class so far with four. And also, mm-hmm. another reason why it's big, that final round against Mike Salinas was full of points lead. Brittany Force is back mm-hmm. in front of the top four points lead now, heading into Seattle. Brittany Force is in first. Now. Mike Salinas second. Mike Salinas second, six points out. Justin Ashley third, 140 points out. Steve Torrance fourth. Josh Hart rounds out the top five. Sean Langdon sixth. Leah Pruitt seventh. Austin Prog eighth. Doug Kletter ninth. Clay Milliken rounds out the top ten with Antron Brown eleventh and Tony Schumacher in twelfth. Yes, sir. This was one for the ages. They're going to be talking about this one for years. Uh, I mean, truly, truly, truly amazing. By the way, folks, uh, top 10 speeds. We're not talking about really, you know, in, in top fuel history, runs were made this weekend in the top 10 fastest runs in the history of top fuel. Here's something else, folks. Nine of those 10 belong to Brittany Force. <laughs> Tony Schumacher is the other driver on that list. Just truly ridiculous. Max Savage, David Grubnick, Brittany Forrest, match made in heaven. I mean, we know the guy can can tune a top fuel car, but, I mean, I don't remember Clay Milliken running those big speeds out the back end when they were tuning. I mean, the runs, yeah, because I was, I was on the starting line when, when they, set the re, uh, they reset the national record in St. Louis. I was there. But the speed was just just 330. So it's just something about this John Force, the, the parts they use, the combination that, that just, you know, lends itself to these huge speeds, like astronomical speeds, like ridiculous. Uh, but, I mean, we'll have to keep looking forward. Let's say, um, give me 30 seconds, what you got about, we got one more race. The Western Swing is a race of three. That's just two, folks. Seattle is next this weekend. What you got about Seattle? Who we need to watch from Darren's point of view? Who we need to watch? Who we need to watch? Uh, I'm going to go with Tasca. Three consecutive finals in a row. Does this get snapped in Seattle? I mean, Mike Neff, John Schaefer obviously have a handle on this race car. And let's see. You know, Seattle is going to be a little hotter. Can Randy Forrest continue this momentum going to Seattle? It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, between Mike Salinas and Brittany Forrest, they obviously are the top two top two dragsters so far this season. Can somebody break through with five wins heading into Topeka in a few weeks? We'll have to see. Uh, it's be a lot of fun, but I mean, awesome for the fans of Seattle. We haven't been to Seattle since 2019, since before the mm-hmm. pandemic. So it's been three yeah. years. We've been to Pacific Race Days. Yeah. And so my, my who to watch, I, I would probably say uh, th- this is a tough one. Funny cars, it's just, it's, it's a barn burner. But I do, I do expect Matt Hagen to come back with a vengeance in Seattle. I do expect that. Um, and then in Top Fuel, Mike Salinas, you, you really just got to pencil him in. You know, Brittany Force, uh, she's always kind of one of those unspoken people that you you can't ever count them out. And just because I don't mention them, folks, doesn't mean I'm not watching them. I'm watching everybody. But who we're going to have to watch next week, uh, I don't really know if I'm ready to answer that question. <laughs> but who's got the momentum? <laughs> I definitely say that Brittany Force has the momentum after that legendary 
historic weekend that we just saw. She's definitely going into Seattle with the momentum. Uh, and I would agree as well, Bob Tasker the third. They definitely got the momentum going. Uh, and, and it's good with these back-to-back races. They can just apply it, apply it, apply it, apply the pressure. So, yeah, I, I, I'd agree with that. I'd say we got to... We got to watch Bob Tasker the third because, again, third consecutive final. They got this car on, on rails. Top fuel, I think we just got to – we just really got to see. I mean, but Brittany Force has – she's in the driver's seat, definitely, for sure right now. Yeah. So, folks, we've come to the end of another episode of the Nitro Performance Guide. I hope you didn't hear any of the technical difficulties, but if you did, it's fine. It happens. It's all good. We got you the content like we always bring it to you, but we've reached the end. So for Darren Williams Jr., my co-host, we love him. I'm so happy he's back. Don't run from me again. No, I'm kidding. It's cool. <laughs> Whenever he's not here, it's all good. We'll we'll still do the show. We got to do the show. He's still the co-host. Uh, and I'm the Nitro Performance Guy. I'm TJ. And we'll be back at you next week with another one.